greetings from Storybrooke or Hyperion. It's still Storybrooke. Greetings from Storybrooke. I'm Bobby Hawk. I'm Elizabeth Asensia. I'm Monica Jones. And uh, Tony will be joining us shortly here. Hopefully, we've got a, a like a messenger pigeon telling us he'll be here shortly. Um, but uh, <laughs> we're we're here to discuss the uh, hit uh, <laughs> ABC series Once Upon a Time. Uh, how are you guys doing this week? Good. You forgot the line, Bobby. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the new land where Henry has grown up and everything is different, and we talk about ABC's hit series Once Upon a Time. I am so sorry, Elizabeth. I am. <laughs> Before we recorded, you were like, oh, this isn't the first time we've done this. Well, apparently it is because uh, I'm, my nerves and are shot. you said you had it all scripted. I did, and it's right here in front of me. It is scripted. I just totally um, – uh, anyway, I am so sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, How are you this week, Elizabeth? I'm doing really good. I've had a really good week. How are you? That's, that's very good. Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um. Work's dying down. I'm a landscaper, so with uh, the weather changing, you know, even though weather doesn't change too much in Florida, it still does enough to uh, – <laughs> uh, grass doesn't grow quite as, as uh, quickly anyway. Uh, and, Monica, how are you doing this week? Good, good. That's Glad good to hear. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, anyone who didn't uh, join us on the spoiler cast and is just joining us finally for the new season may uh, recognize Monica as a uh, – Former, or I guess always listener, not former listener. I don't know if she still listens now that she's actually on the show. But um, a little awkward now. <laughs> uh, now that she now she's jumped on board uh, to help us um, help us break down what is uh, <laughs> what is once upon a time. And uh, boy, it doesn't. <laughs> anyway, uh, so. The format's changed a little bit, but uh, as always, we will have our rhyming summary. Elizabeth, why don't you go ahead and start that off with us, for us. All right. Season 7, Episode 1. In Season 7, everything is different. A new town, new characters, new curse. This change is not insignificant. Henry is all grown up and moved out of town. What will Henry find? A daughter, a wife, a glass slipper, and gown? Lucy finds Henry in Seattle alone. The fact that Henry has a daughter really has him thrown. So many new characters, where do we start? There's a new Cinderella with a different story. Her stepmother still up with who wants all the glory. There's Alice and Tiana. Hook's, Hook's now Rogers. Rumpel's now Weaver. And Regina is now Ronnie. What's up with these names that aren't really funny? There's so much going on and no real questions answered. These are some of the facts and highlights as we start a new book in this week's Hyperion Hype. Yay! <laughs> Sorry, I had my mic off. My my dogs are... Oh, and there was my mic again. Uh, but my my dogs are starting to go crazy, so I was trying to to limit to keep the barking down or barking barking down to <laughs> a uh, a mild roar at least. Um, so as I uh, said before the rhyme, we do have a few changes in store. Uh, we figured since this is, uh, since the show is uh, being retooled a bit, we'd retool ours as well. Uh, nothing, nothing's real major, but, uh, just try to focus it a little bit more, keep it a little bit more on flow. Um, more, but it's still the same old conversational podcast. It's always been, uh, breaking down, uh, once upon a time. So, uh, at the, uh, <laughs> 
Sorry, I was trying to. These dogs are so distracting me right now. Um, nothing I can do about it, unfortunately. So moving on, uh, let's go ahead and, and uh, break down what is Once Upon a Time. So in Storybrooke, Henry says goodbye to Regina. He tells her that he found countless other stories at the Sorcerer's Mansion, and he isn't in, in any of them. He's decided that he wants to go out on his own adventure to find out where he belongs. Uh, basically, this is like half of the cold open. Um, and I have one question. If this is the only story he's in, how is this not where he belongs? Like, what makes him even think or feel that, you know, like, oh, I don't belong here? That just kind of feels out that. of place. Um, I, I guess, but, but like... Everyone else around him has, a, has multiple copies except him. He's an original. Uh, yeah, and yes. but but that's, I guess, my point is that, you know... Every, you know, this is the one place that he is from. And so I guess in my mind, they didn't really do a good job of conveying what made Henry feel so out of place because like his family was here, his friends were, you know, like what made, I don't know. I don't know. I, like I said, to me, it just, uh, th- that was my big thing was like, what, what exactly about this makes you feel like you don't belong? Yeah. I, I don't know how to answer that question personally. No, I, I, neither do I. And that, you know, that's, again, that's just something that kind of egged me about in its scene and, and uh, barely the cold open. It almost feels to me like they tagged it on. Like they had to have people realize that, you know, they had to have Jared Gilmore in here for a minute to segue into uh into but what is it andrew west is that his name andrew Andrew j west West or something like that yeah all right um and what what uh um okay other points that were made um magic oh oh um a new realm years later uh, as much a, as a much more mature Henry speeds through a forest on his headless horse, he runs into this realm Cinderella. Um, so my big question about that is, years later, how is he still riding around on a motorcycle? Yeah, where's he getting the gas? And like, yeah, yeah, where's he getting the gas? How is he repairing it? You know, um, it's called uh, a pothole. You know, You're overthinking it. Oh my God, there's so. I know, I know, but I mean, that's, that's my job is to overthink this stuff. It's so hard for me to, but I mean, okay. Thinking that was pretty it, but, glaring. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't quite, I mean, the least that could have been is like maybe before he left, Regina said, well, let, at least let me put a magic spell on your bicycle, you know, on your motorcycle. <laughs> so it always you, runs. You, yeah. You know, no, it's something, something <laughs> like mm-hmm. Doc Brown. Now it runs on magic berries. I don't know. I mean, something. When did Doc Brown <laughs> ever say that? Like he's got the plutonium thing at the end of, at the I end know, of. But, I know, but there's um, no magic berries. I was making an analogous. Oh my God. Never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but anyway, those two scenes basically make our cold open. Um, he, he literally runs into Cinderella. Um, I mean, basically, her carriage, trying... was, her carriage was beautiful, by the way. The yeah, set design... I, wish I, could, I wish I could ride in that carriage. The set design <laughs> and the costumes on this show are always uh, top notch, in my opinion. Uh, did anyone mention I or notice I do re- I do recall if I'm not mistaken last year we learned that uh, Eduardo Castillo or whatever his name is wouldn't be back this season is that correct designer yeah he's not the right right designer right anymore. right so I wanted I, like I I didn't even bother looking up uh to see who was on this season and you know where there where uh where we might have seen their other work but uh that's definitely something i should look up uh but it actually wasn't that bad as far as costume design goes i thought cinderella's dress was great i thought uh henry's 
uh, I don't know what you want to call. I mean, uh, <laughs> outlaw I garb. I don't even. Was very um, David reminiscent, uh, and, there yeah. was, and, and I think that's very his behavior. Even he's like, clearly yeah, the new traveling granddaddy right there. The new snow. Yes, yes, uh, both of you are correct. There, but I believe Elizabeth, you said that he's definitely the new charming, and she's the new snow. Definitely feel that they went out of their way to to uh, put that point across. Um, yeah, um, that that's you know they're the new like uh, true love, and uh, unfortunately, I did see a lot of discussion online that just that said that uh, there wasn't really the chemistry there that uh, you know th- um, to sh- to show that true love. But I mean, this well, is the. Go ahead. Well, okay, I could see that he was into her. That was clearly she, but she was more focused on her task at hand. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessarily maybe love at first sight. I mean, she definitely did think he was handsome, and he's definitely thinking she's beautiful. But I don't know if true love is always love at first sight. But I think that she was just so focused on what she was doing. She didn't have time to stop and be like, oh, this guy's cute. Let me get his number. Which is exactly the same thing that happened with David or with uh, Charming and Snow. Exactly. Like I said, you know, and and that's another complaint I saw is that this this episode played a lot of too much of uh, been there, done that. It was like the pilot all over again. Yes, with with a twist. It was like the pilot with a once twist. Yeah. (laughs) There's always a once twist. Right, and, that, and and which is even called out by Cinderella later in the episode. But we are jumping ahead. Um, aspiring, basically, after... Oh, I did... Uh, something I didn't put in the notes here. I always like the little uh, nod they put in the... Um, the once upon a time the title card and in this one it was the seattle space needle mm-hmm. so you know just how they always have something in that title card that references something that's going to happen in the in the episode that's you know thought i'd mention that but anyway aspiring author uh henry mills gets his side hustle on as he makes some extra dough to help out between books uh re- he returns home to continue working on a blank page as he hears a knock at the door a familiar story unfolds um can I say something real quick? Please. I kind of figured you would at this point. Yeah. Well, did either of you <laughs> notice that he lives in apartment 815? Oh, yes. Yeah, well, 815 yeah. is a big thing. It always is. Yes. Yeah, that's like a major thing on the show. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, that's so, you know, reminiscent. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Perfect yes, yes. and it, everything. And the fact yeah. that he's an Uber driver is hilarious to me because I'm a Lyft driver. So right. Me, well, he's a Swift really driver. Well, to, he's a it, Swift. Yeah, but, yeah, I know it's Swift in the show, but they were called, like, Eddie Kitsis and Adam Horowitz were saying he's, he's an Uber driver, pretty much. That's what they said in an article that I read, so that's what I'm calling it. No, I understand. But, yeah, yeah, basically he's a, you know, he's... Yes, and I figured you would be able to relate to that because I know that. Oh, uh, definitely. I had a couple make out in the backseat of my car once, just like he was experiencing, and it is very uncomfortable. So, yeah, does it get like I had to to tell him, can you please stop? Does it get like taxi cab confessions? I don't know what that is. Okay, I guess that's a child of the 90s thing. Sorry. Um, It was a show on HBO that was basically like a camera in a taxi cab with like. Basically, the kind of stories you were just trying to describe, but there wasn't anyone saying, stop that, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway. it's not. Yeah, anyways. Uh, sorry. Uh, 
Um, did anyone notice? Uh, there's always got to be a nod to Mickey. It seems like in every episode at this point. Oh, and so yeah, you notice the family putting on the ears in the back of Henry's car. Yeah, I was thinking. I th- I was like, in Seattle, why? And I was like, okay, I guess maybe. It they makes sense Seattle. There's no Disneyland in Seattle, so it really makes no sense why they're why they're putting on. Well, they were on their way back from the airport. That's what I was. Thinking. Or maybe they're on their way to the airport. Maybe. I don't know. Or whichever, yeah. They're on their way from Disney or to Disney, you know. But yeah, at first I was like, Disney Seattle, when did that happen? And it's not like uh Anaheim's right next to, <laughs> to Washington. <laughs> um, but anyway. Uh Elizabeth, did you have oh okay, you you have apartment eighteen. Uh, Elizabeth, Monica, did you have anything you wanted to add to this scene? Um, no, I just I love how um he gets home and throws his keys down. And there's a little swan on his keychain. Yes, uh-huh. yes, I I tweeted that out on our on our uh, on our uh, twi- Twitter account. Uh, I that was one of the things I did notice. There was something else I tweeted. Oh, the Hyperion Heights, uh, as opposed to there being a sign saying uh, "greeting" or "greetings." Or whatever it is on the when you're leaving Storybrook. Now there's like a movie, uh, a movie theater with a sign that says "Welcome to Hyperion Heights" on it, mm. and they've they showed that like a few different times. As uh, the first time, as Jacinda was uh, running by it, which I believe is is our next scene. But yes, the swan, the swan keychain was a. Very nice ch- uh, touch, Monica. I did notice that as well. <clears throat> Man, my voice is just not here tonight. So uh, Jacinda, our Cinderella, rushes to make it to work. And as she arrives late as usual, she comes to the defense of a co-worker, costing her her job. Back in the forest, Henry tries to help Cinderella find her prince. And in Seattle, Henry returns home to find his laptop laptop taken hostage. The instruction the instructions direct him to take a left at the toll bridge under or at the troll under the Aurora Bridge uh, to find Ronnie's man. This episode is all over the place, um, and it is this episode like just that little uh, when I tried to break it down scene by scene. It's just like right there. There was like four or five different things happening in that little paragraph and there were it's like in two or three different timelines it, it's oh my god it was so hard to keep track of what was going on in this episode uh <laughs> <laughs> i noticed that the troll looks like those one of those giants from fraggle rock uh elizabeth do you know what that is no i think i've heard oh. of fraggle rock but oh my god. It. i've never seen it jesus oh, oh my god i think my heart just like stopped being. oh come on well, i'm so old I'm so old. No, the Fraggle Rock is, <laughs> Fraggle Rock was great, uh, Elizabeth. It was a show on uh, HBO from like the Henson Company. Okay, see, a, I didn't have HBO as a kid. I didn't have that. That's probably why I missed that. Well, they the eventually dog. did like a cartoon of it and different things like that. But I mean, it it was basically just like these. Uh, I don't even know what you would call them. These little things that lived in a. Fraggles. Called Fraggles, yeah. I guess that's what you would call them, yeah. Fraggles, thank you, Monica. Uh, <laughs> that, that live in like uh, caves and uh, eat like there's like these little even tinier things in them called dozers that like make constructions, you know, out of little icicles or something, I guess. And then the Fraggles radishes. eat all of their what? Well, yeah, and radishes. Yes, they love radishes. Yeah, but so then the they're always being... sticks out of radishes. Why the it's sticks are radishes. clear? I don't know. It's from radishes. The things that they make the sticks are if from I radishes. I remember right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. Okay. But uh, anyway, uh, definitely a little off tangent. The the troll, <laughs> the troll looked like a looked like the 
what was it gorgs yeah yes okay yes uh tony uh still is not with us yet have you heard from elizabeth do we have like a no, uh, he said tony he was update? home he said he was home and that was it so okay, i don't know anything I can, else i'll i will send out another update to him just in case I thought it looked like the uh, the rock giant from Neverending Story is what it. it put I could see that, it. but it had like the the hair coming off of either side. I guess that's what made for yeah. him for look like the uh, the thing from Fraggle Rock, like I said, the Gorgs. But I guess apparently, apparently, uh, if Elizabeth is any ind- inc- indication, half of our listening audience probably won't know what a Fraggle is. <laughs> all oh, right, okay, so I mean, all right, cool. Um, Ah, uh, yes. He's, um, all right. So Henry arrives to find Ronnie tending bar and we rec- I'm so sorry. We, re- we recognize Ronnie as Regina, Henry's adopted mother. Neither, neither recognize each other. Earlier in the forest, Henry tries to help Cinderella get to her ball. And as he explains how he knows her story, she explains there may be a twist as she knocks him down and takes his headless horse. Man, I need to get some water. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, I'm sorry, someone's kind of peeked their head in the door there and threw me off hands, uh, threw me off track. So, so okay, so Henry's at Ronnie's bar. I know, but my my hand skipped down the notes and I totally lost my place. Elizabeth, did you have anything to, or did I finish that scene? I'm sorry, uh, I totally lost. Well, you, were, you, you have in the notes, here's Ronnie. How many different versions of this character has Ronnie? Oh, there it is. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I t- sorry. So, like I said, someone's poked their head in the door and I totally lost my place. All right. So as I explained, uh, that uh, Cinderella knocked him down and took his, his headless horse. I like how she keeps referring to that as the headless horse. Tony! Tony! <laughs> Tony's here. All right. Good. Yay! We are complete we'll, now. Maybe now he's here, we're complete, and everything will like actually start going a little smoothly. Um, so one of my favorite, I, I started uh, noting a few of my favorite lines from the episode, and one of my favorite lines here was, uh, "Imagine if I walked through that door and told you I was your son." Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be a kicker. Um, if only, but it was yes, true. of course. Oh. Of course, we're fine. We're finally introduced to uh, Ronnie, and what is this, like eight different versions of uh, the character that Lana Perea has played now? And yeah, but I, I, I gotta say, she's so versatile. I mean, she can do so much with say. one character. Yes. I'm sorry, I, I didn't love, mean to cut you off. No, 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 please. That's like I said, this is a conversational podcast. But that's what I love is that she's able to give each different version of the character. Mm-hmm. You know, you realize, you can see when. Like, if you had to put all of those scenes together, you could realize what version of that character she's playing. Like, even Regina through the years being totally evil, then maybe just misunderstood evil, then being, you know, Regina. now. Yeah, exactly. And then last season, when she was the evil queen and Regina, I mean, hats off to her. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tony, I, she's, come on she's in. She's a great actress. Hey. <laughs> hey, Tony. <laughs> Uh, we were just describing the introduction of uh, Ronnie slash Regina and uh, her her bar, and uh, uh, you had you had I guess a, a short comment to make about Ronnie's bar. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, talk about it being basically Granny's the updated version. It's like Windows just rolled out an update. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. No, I really thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. And and there and I think it's another way that uh, the, there were a few different ways that I felt like this show was like this isn't your 
some like quaint little diner in the middle of a rustic town. This is a a bar in the middle of a busy, you know, suburb of a city. Yeah. Upcoming Mm -hmm. city that, you know, that they kept pointing it out as like, (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alright, um, so basically the next scene we have is Jacinda returns or set of scenes, I guess. Jacinda returns home to find her daughter Lucy has snuck out again. Uh, she is afraid because apparently she has ha- been having custody battles with her stepmother. Uh, <laughs> elsewhere in town, Victoria Belfry arrives to a perfect production of The Devil Wears Prada. In the past, we find that Victoria <laughs> has been taken upon her, has taken it upon herself to clip the fairy godmother's wings. She does this to show her daughters that fear, not magic, is the true power. In the present, Jacinda finds Lucy at the local wishing well. So every good town secretly full of fairy tale characters has one. Um, a few notes that I had about these uh, set of scenes is that, of course, Victoria, Victoria Belfry, in my mind, makes a great big bad name. And I will never look at uh, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo the same way again. <laughs> and like I said... <laughs> Uh, I mean, they totally rip off, ripped off Devil Wears Prada. Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm not the only, yeah, I mean, just totally <laughs> the whole, the assistant, like, running around, making everyone get into, a, you know, order, and it, oh my god. Take off that ridiculous tie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> everything. There's definitely a meme out there already showing Devil Wears Prada and images, Devil Wears Prada with images of Hyperion Heights and Victoria walking in versus the lady from Devil Wears Prada walking in. And they they, like scene for scene, like three images. So it's, I already saw that on Facebook earlier today. So I was like, oh, it's already out there. I mean, mean, but I mean, it was almost to the point where like, it was almost, it was almost an homage or a parody it was, you know, you, you, they almost did it so hard that you couldn't just say, oh, they ripped it off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It'd be one thing to like, to just like steal the tone of the, uh, of the, of the movie. But they, I mean, like, like the whole scene is just straight out, you know, of that movie. I really think it was just their inspiration. I mean, you know, to, to, to explain the, um, the uh the umph the you know the power that she has you know basically to act you know to make people act act that way you know installing fear i guess no yeah i mean it's, there's it's obvious i guess why why they chose to go that route i just i don't mm-hmm. know it, it was, like i said i mean if there's memes about it i, you know, I definitely wasn't off base mm-hmm. um and then as far as the whole bibbity bobbity booth thing i mean um yeah what do you think elizabeth I just can't believe she used that line to kill the fairy godmother. I mean, we all have seen the Disney Cinderella version, and, you know, that is a big scene where, you know, she gets the carriage and she gets the the, the dress, and, and, and it's, it's a powerful moment. And then to see the stepmother turn that line into something heinous, and evil is like, oh my god! I don't even know how yeah. to describe it because it just kind of shocked me that those three words could kill the very godmother. And and I think they did that on purpose to show, you know, like how wicked this stepmother really is, and um, how she doesn't, you know, just how she said she doesn't necessarily 
need magic to do what she has to do, even though she used magic to do what she had to do. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely <laughs> so, quite dark. Yeah. So, so that to me kind of left the message of what she was trying to say a little empty when she said, mm-hmm. uh, what, what was it exactly? She said to her daughter that, uh, Magic is in power because magic can be taken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an interesting thought. But then, like I said, I mean, I guess so the same can be said for power. Definitely. Power can be taken as well. Mm. So, well, she was I mean, saying that fear is hard to get, like, it's hard to get rid of another person's fear. Elizabeth went black. Oh, and then there she is again. I did? Yeah, you're fine. What were you saying, Elizabeth? Oh, I said that um, she was basically trying to get across the point that if you have someone fear you, the power is in the fear. No, yeah, yes, I totally, yes, yeah. I mean, basically she was saying the the power isn't the magic, the power is the fear. Yeah. I mean, I, yes, but but I guess it was the wording that power isn't, you know, power or magic isn't power or whatever, you know, Definitely. use the magic, I don't know. It, like I said, it just left it a little hollow for me. But I do definitely uh, understand where they were coming from with that. Uh, Monica, did you have anything to add? Um, I just, again, these people with their timelines. So uh, Jacinda gets home like hours early, and then Lucy is uh, has to be ready to get uh, to go to her grandmother's. How is she going to get to her grandmother's if mom had worked out her shift? It's yeah, I thought that too. Yeah, yeah. Like, how is she surprised that her daughter's not there? And like, then while she was there, she was like, "Oh, uh, my do- my my mom or stepmom's about to come get Lucy." But then we're like, "Well, wait a second. You were just going to be at work, so who was going to get Lucy ready then?" Mm-hmm. If yeah, yeah, I know. Yes, the, that that came across uh, to me as well, Monica. There, um, they definitely play a little, and, and that's my problem. I totally understand me not having to analyze, overanalyze everything, but at least make sense of things you're doing with like in scenes, you yeah. know. Have <laughs> uh, continuity from one scene to the next. Exactly, exactly. Um, so Jacinda arrives at Ronnie's uh, to return Henry's laptop, and obviously smitten, uh, Ronnie offers a few drinks to break the tension. In the past, Cinderella arrives at her ball to find her prince, but Henry surprises her and finds out that this prince may not be so charming. In this story, the prince killed Cinderella's father, leaving her in the care of her wicked stepmother. She's stolen Henry's dagger to seek her revenge. And as Cinderella runs off, Henry realizes he's been uh, drugged and wakes up in a cave, uh, greeted by Alice. Yes, that Alice. Uh, in Seattle, a girl we recognize as Alice looks for Weaver to let him know there's a new kid in town. And we find Weaver getting information as he turns out to be none other than Rumple. A lot going on in those uh, few minutes there. I kind of tried to go from commercial break to commercial break. And some commercial breaks, there's like nothing going on. But then mm-hmm. some would be like, whoa, <laughs> like how do I f- even fit all that in? Uh, I think I even had to break this one up a little bit. Um, but anyway, uh, so why did Lucy tell her Henry to uh, meet at Ronnie's? Uh, you know, I, was she going to go there? Was she just hoping that her mom would show up and she was just trying to get the parents to meet? Like a uh, parent trap style? I thought, 
Yeah, that I think definitely she definitely planned that moment. Definitely, you know, like she was just trying to get her mom and dad to meet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Saying so like, "Hey, hey, uh, dad, um, I have your laptop. Go to the bar. Hey, mom. So, um, I get the lap- laptop. Give it back. Laptop. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that, and that's all that it took. You know, it was definitely a kind of a parent trap feeling. And then that whole cave scene definitely was seemed a bit confusing. Uh, I know I'm jumping a little bit forward in, in our discussion here, but like how, like where was that cave? How did he all of a sudden get back to the ball in time to stop Cinderella from doing what she was going to do? Uh, again, just all kinds of wonky, like nothing really made sense from one scene to the next sometimes in this episode in particular. It doesn't um, make sense how he was in those vines, and then he was not in those vines anymore. And then it also doesn't make sense how Rumple, if like if Henry's in some version of the Enchanted Forest, how does Rumple even know what Henry's well, up to, who he's nothing, getting involved with? If, if, if Rumple is in Storybrooke, how does Rumple know? Nothing Rumpel. surprises me with Rumple. Yeah, nothing definitely surprises me with Rumple either. I mean, you know, no. his power is great. You know, it, yeah. it extends throughout the realm. Like even even it's Alice not- says, you know. You you should know as well as you know uh, as anyone that your grandfather has his hands in everything. So that didn't surprise me. Uh, what what the cave thing was just totally like what what is this? Like when she when he said get me out of this and she said out of what and he just like came down like that. Like I the upon my first viewing, I was wondering to myself, is this even happening or did she just drug him and this is all just happening in his head? It's a hallucination. Right. Is he, is he even in this cave, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then at, then when I watched it again, you know, he, at the end, you know, at the end of that scene or set of scenes, he he actually runs out of that cave to get back to the ball where Cinderella's at. Definitely. And so how close was that? Was this cave like underneath this castle? It had to have been that close for him to be able to do, you know, the things he was doing in the time allotted. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I think we're overanalyzing about the, um, the way that the way that this show yeah. works sometimes. I think what we should do is, I know, but, but it just, but it, I thought but, I was it, bad it's, the champagne flute. Right. It's, <laughs> I, it's I, I hard not to when true. they do it's hard not to when they like we yeah. feel when they can't even you know bring continuity scene to scene mm-hmm. um but well, you, tony you, the, you know no, never, go ahead tony oh no um what i was going to say is you know it never makes sense until you see the uh d- deleted scenes maybe if the deleted scene they'll be like okay well hey while people weren't paying attention when Alice drugged Henry, maybe she literally drugged him to a cave and be like, oh, yeah, so this is happening. And, you know, there would be a deleted scene for that, maybe. I mean, of course, it never makes sense throughout the show when they show it. You know, they just leave us to piece everything together, basically. That's what it seems there was, like. <laughs> there was just a lot that they were trying to convey in this first hour. And, uh, I mean, you know... Yeah. Um, did anyone notice that there wasn't many, uh, like maybe it was just me and maybe I'm wrong, but there wasn't a whole lot of subtitles, <clears throat> a whole lot of title cards. I know what you mean by that. Like the first like 10 minutes had uh, the many years later, uh, oh. Seattle, Magical Forest. But then after that, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. I guess after the, seemed- 
after the introduction, they just said, "Okay, well, and here's your, here's your introduction. This is how it happened." Now it almost the, the whole show. Yeah, like said, you know, <laughs> we set it up. Right, you should know we set it up. You know, right, and and maybe this is me overanalyzing it, but it almost felt as if like like that was their way of doing away with those types of transitions to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like in the future, we'll just be able, you know, you'll just know, you know, obviously this is, you know, from the magical forest and this is from Seattle. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it probably would have been nice for them to say, meanwhile, in the cave under the palace. Right, meanwhile in the dungeon under the castle in this specific time. Then you're getting into like they Adam West, uh, They've never Adam been West Batman territory. <laughs> yeah, definitely. but uh, uh, so uh, did you have anything to add about the set of scenes here about someone not being afraid of magic? Oh well, no, actually, I think that was the uh, in the uh, specific scene um, previous to this when um, we were viewing the stepmother kill- killing off the. Uh, uh, the oh, the grandmother. grandmother! Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like killing off the fairy godmother, which I do want to point out. I guess C- Cinderella's fairy godmother never lasts in whatever version you put her in. You know, the previous yeah, no version, Rump- Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. This, yeah, but- this version, the the um, the stepmother killed her. It's like, wow, you don't survive. Yeah, and clipped her wings. Like of all things, it's like, wow, that is quite dark. Yeah, it's pretty rough. How did she clip the fairy's wings and not leave a mess? Right. What, how did she put? How was the fairy asleep? Anything. Why, I mean, did a she, lot of good questions. How did she drug the fairy in the first place? Yeah, yeah. There was. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not start overanalyzing like we just have been saying over the past ten minutes, fifteen minutes. <laughs> no, but it, I mean, like you, you would think that. Okay, well. <laughs> anyway, so for the let's move on. Years, you know, so many things. Yeah. Yeah, well, I hear you. Uh, so let's move on to the next set of scenes. And at Ronnie's, uh, Jacinda's tell J- uh, Jacinda tells Henry what she'd uh, what she'd want her story to be. Her and Lucy living on a small island, tending to a lighthouse, maybe a garden. Uh, when L- Lady Tr- uh, Belfry comes in to tell Jacinda that she is taking back custody of Lucy, and tells Henry to leave them alone. As Henry tries to do just that, he finds his car has been stolen. And the local police seem to be less cooperative until Rogers, until uh, Officer Rogers offers to help. Um, okay, what's up with Victoria? Like, I like Gabriel Lenoir. I've liked her and other things she's done. So, like, what is up with like the way they're making her up in this epi- in this show? Because she just looks like straight up like her face has been painted on with Those a roll. Those were distracting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I, there, there were like I had to watch the scene like four or five times to even catch <laughs> what was going on. I'm not even like I, I, I hate to even like point it out, but I'm not pointing out Gabriel Anwar's looks because even earlier in the episode, like in the past scenes, she doesn't look that distracting. She doesn't look that bad. But when she's made up as like current day Victoria Belfry, good God, I don't know if they did that to like make you hate her, but. Like it's working. I I can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I can't even stand to look at her. 
<laughs> I think that's basically what article said. Like, you know, hey, we're going to make this character. And we're going to make you despise her. And yeah, it's working. Oh my god! Because <laughs> I, can't, I can't. Like I said, I'm really sorry, and this has, has nothing to do with Gab- Gabrielle Anwar. I've seen her elsewhere and think she's a lovely lady. But good God, please. And I'm sure this is something we'll at least get with the first few episodes. But man, it was bad. Those lips, those eyebrows. I, I, I just can't. Um, I can't deal with it. So anyway, <laughs> and what happened to Jacinda? Why, how is her stepmother able to so easily uh, get custody of Lucy? Her stepmother is able to I get know, custody like of Lucy. Step- how does a stepmother get custody of? I mean, they're not blood. I mean, I, I guess. I guess if she's like you know been her stepmother since she was you know a child, and her dad died early, and mm-hmm. her this woman adopted her, whatever. But like, I don't know. It just it just seems far fetched about like this whole step. And I'm sure we'll never really learn any more backstory about mm-hmm. that. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. all we know is all we'll know about that is just the context of what's going on currently. Basically, I, don't I think, think it's a legal thing. Yeah, I don't think so either. It, it oh. just seems like it, it just seems like one of those things saying, "Hey." She's been my got my my stepmother as long as I can remember. Line, you know. Like I said, Jacinda would have to be like strung out on on all sorts of different crap to right. to I'm have a ju- to have a judge just like you know arbitrarily give custody over to her stepmother like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's not something that's just like oh, someone goes to court and says my. My stepdaughter's a bad mother, so I want custody of her daughter. That's not yeah, how that works. Yeah. Even that even if you have as much money as apparently Victoria Belfry does. Um, but that's not the only thing that made sense didn't make sense. Uh, what about you, Elizabeth? You had something to add. I just was confused as to who stole Henry's car, and yeah, I, I didn't get who stole it. Like I thought it was just Cinda at first, but then upon rewatching, I'm like, no, she, it seems like she has her own car. So I'm still confused as to who stole it. And then I it makes it even less Belfry. sense. But it doesn't make sense in the at that point in the story. Like a little later, it makes sense, but not not then. The only mm-hmm. thing I can first. I tried to go over this in my head time and time again, as far as what you guys are saying, and the only thing that I could logically finally come to is kind of branching off of what Lucy says. When she says that her, uh, you know, their car broke down when they tried to leave because of the curse, I guess the curse took Henry's car, so he couldn't. Leave. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. No, that's I perfect. Think, I mean, as much sense as anything else on this show, right? Uh, <laughs> Maybe somebody um, else stole it. Maybe she had somebody steal it. Who knows? We'll never know, really. <laughs> right. And uh, I can't Tony, I believe. Belfry, I, sorry, I can't. I can't imagine Victoria herself driving his car. Mm-hmm. I think basically mm-hmm. she she just hires somebody to say, "Hey, take his car," so he'll realize that sticking around is not a, is not a good idea. And then she'll get. Yeah, him but he his was. Car. But he was already trying to. It wasn't like he was trying to. It wasn't like a, Emma in the first season where she was trying to stick around. He was already in the process of trying to leave, so I don't understand mm-hmm. why she would, you know, there was really no, like, she told him, hey, you need to leave. And then he went to leave, and his car was gone. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I think specifically to answer this question, if you remember, when his car was being brought back to him, you know, put down off of the crane and, and stuff, you saw Alice in the background looking, so maybe she has something to do with it. Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Tilly. It, it, it was very, very, Maybe very. Maybe Weaver put her up to it. Yeah, I could, I could see, I, I could possibly see that mm-hmm. that Weaver had something to do with it. I could yeah. possibly see that. Like, definitely, it just seems like Alice didn't have a really big, big um come up and sort of big, you know, type of um, you know, scene in in this first episode, especially when you're in the present day. Like in the past, she may have been but not the present day, which made it seem so easy for her to, you know, to may have had something to do with his car missing. You know, she had a small presence in the, in, in, in the present day. So, uh-huh. And then you had a few questions about uh, what's making Jacinda so hopeless in the first place. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, okay. So let me see here. Um, what I really just want to know, just in general, you, I don't know, I don't know if y'all, if you guys have noticed this, or maybe it's just one of her big things. But I really want to know what made Jacinda, just as a person, give up on on um believing in signs. Like, I think, I think it would have had to do with something with her, with her father's passing or just something or just bad things happening to her. And, yeah. and it's just a question in general. Like, what do you think made her, you know, just give up on believing in signs, period? I agree with you. I think it has something to do with her father. Maybe yeah. it was something that her father always told her. Mm-hmm. Believe in signs. Di- yeah. And then mm-hmm. when he died, you know, that like just totally mm-hmm. made that her stop believing. It was more of a question towards when, when they were trying to leave the city limits, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm just That's going by what you it. have in the notes here. No, you're fine. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Monica, you, you you felt that Belfry was maybe tipping her hand too, yeah. too much as far. She uh she just starts kind of telling Henry his life story and I'm like okay I know there's the internet and you have assistance but why do you know so much about him it's not that you couldn't get that information but why would you bother mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and, and I I think she's behind the curse I think she knows what's up but I don't know I mean especially I, I... if that's the case why would you let on so much and, I don't know. Oh no! As far as the curse is concerned, I'm sure we'll we'll have a lot to discuss uh, about that later on. But let me uh, let's move on with the story because we've already been on chat for almost an hour. Uh, I so have Henry's a question. Whoa! Well, go ahead. Um. Question. Okay. Is this is this the first time Henry's ever been cursed? Because the only time I can remember that he's ever forgotten everybody around him was when him and Emma left town mm-hmm. because they all got swept up back into the Shannon Forest in what season three. So I think that's the only time Henry forgot, and then Henry was awoken with uh, his mother, Regina's true love's kiss. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he's never been cursed, right? This well, is the there, was the cursed, there was the cursed year in New York. Yeah, that's I think, what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, he well, wasn't well, really cursed. He just forgot his memories. Mm-hmm. But that's still... That's still like part the, of curse. You know. Yeah, that was part of a curse, I believe. Okay. Because any yeah. other time there was a curse, he was never part of it. He was always on the outside, and he was able to like save them or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. But yeah, I believe that uh, just before we were going to marry Emma. Uh, wait, sorry, I you froze, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah you froze yeah. a little bit, Bobby. This is the reason why oh. we were talking. Was like, oh, wait, oh, okay. Huh? No, I was saying the year where <laughs> the, the you know. They were cursed in New York when he, when she almost married that monkey. Yeah. Oh, Walsh. Augie. Walsh. Walsh. Oh, poor Walsh. Augie. I know he'll always be Augie from Covert Affairs to me. Thank you. <laughs> See, for me, yes. for me, he was uh, Jake. Two, for me, he was Jake two point oh. 
I don't know what that is. Me either. He was in a he was in a short lived UPN show. He was the title character. It was called Jake 2.0. It was basically Chuck before Chuck. Oh. It was like this i it was like this ITCIA guy who got splashed with stuff that all of a sudden made him like super powered. <laughs> short lived. Have to go check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jake 2.0. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, as I said, uh, Henry tries to bargain uh, his realm. Or I'm sorry, is this where we're at? I believe yes. So. Okay, yeah. so Henry tries to bargain his release from wherever. Oh, from wherever. But Alice delivers an ominous message from Rumpel. When it's not your story, bad things happen. Uh, Henry tells her he must stay and help in Seattle. Uh, or help. In Seattle, Henry must come upon Lucy in the garden as she's throwing uh, hyacinth seeds. She tries once again to convince him, but he lashes back, telling her his family was lost in a fire. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like I said tonight, my voice is not there. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> uh oh happened again uh, as henry leaves as henry leaves jacinda drives up telling lucy it's time to start their story every time i try to scroll down i scroll too far <laughs> um anyway so i didn't really have a lot to add about this uh you know obviously rumples seems playing behind the scenes looks like he's been following henry this whole time uh the hyacinth seeds seem to be playing a big part in this show uh, as they come up like a dozen times in this episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really interesting to see the, uh, to finally get a little of what Henry thinks his backstory is and the exchange between him and Lucy in this scene. And the, uh, the, the last scene here really uh, tore my heart out, to be honest with you. Yes. That little girl is definitely a better actor than uh, most child actors we've had in the show. Yeah, she's good. Mm-hmm, definitely. She took like she put my heartstrings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Henry's story, or you know, his his cursed memories. I oh, I broke. Mm, definitely. Yeah, like I said, but like between that and the girl, yeah, this the whole scene, you know, it it's uh, it was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, her Henry. <laughs> you wanted to add something about Alice, maybe Tony? Oh uh, yeah. Um, it just seems like. Uh, let me see here. Uh, da, 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 da. I gotta wait. Wait, this seems like it was for another crow. I I do believe our doc is a little bit off a little bit. I remember writing that for some Oh, like girls. where you put your notes. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, you had the, the, the Point You're I? fine. Yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, uh, huh. basically, you were saying Alice is from crazy. You think Alice is pretty much crazy. Yeah, pretty much. I think that had to do with the scene when she had him held up in the uh, cave there. I don't know how. Yeah, it was what we were discussing on the last one. That's fine. Don't worry about it. I don't know how. It goes, I did. There. I mentioned Alice in this as well. It, it definitely it it goes with it. Alice mm-hmm. definitely def- is uh, different from these uh, one that Sophie played in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. And mm-hmm. um, but I guess like Kitsis and Horror would say that doesn't really matter because no one watched, which I take great offense to because I love that show. Same. Uh, it, it's definitely better than, in my opinion, quite a few seasons of Once Upon a Time itself. Mm-hmm. It but, was something new, know. something fresh, and something different. And no, I, I really, I really like that show. In fact, to be honest with you, like the uh, the scene with Cinderella in this in this show where they portray her to be a, a, a bad, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, she can hold her own. Sword fighting it, lady. Yeah, yeah, in my in, in my opinion, one of the best scenes as far as Once Upon a Time is concerned, uh, that 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 that's ever been portrayed is uh, 
uh, the opening, or not the opening, when Alice breaks out of jail once upon a time in Wonderland. Definitely. That is that is such a great scene. I mean, it did. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, this Alice is definitely not that Alice. Um, I don't know what. Um, obviously, uh, she's known as Tilly in town. She's obviously working with Weaver slash Rumple. It's hard to say whether Rumple knows exactly what's going on or not, and if so, whether this Tilly girl knows what's going on or not. I mean, I, I have an inkling that Rumple, that Weaver and Tilly might have full, you know, uh, their surroundings. Yeah, you know, um, but only time will tell. You know how that goes. Um, right, they, they could be walk already and just be playing a part. Who knows? And I believe you had a line to uh, to mention from this uh, exchange here. Oh, oh, Lucy's line: um, "No story is perfect; it just needs to start." That was a good line. And what like, was that from? Hang that somewhere. <laughs> Lucy said that, right? Yes. Yeah, Lucy said that. Yes, she was telling uh, uh, Henry. Henry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I mean, there definitely is, I mean, obviously, as we've mentioned, the parallels to the first season uh, between Lucy and Emma, <clears throat> or I mean, uh, Lucy and Henry, you know, as to Emma and Henry. And um, I think they're they're do- doing a good job of playing it the same but different. Definitely. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, there, it's, you know, it's a familiar story, but there's still enough different to where we're like, wait a second, how did this get like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely, it'll be a good journey to go through <laughs> all right and my doc keeps getting all sorts of messed up here guys i am so sorry you are not alone in that one which is why it's kind of funny on how on how some of our points are ending up under a different section that's weird <laughs> kind of weird um no we're rolling with it <laughs> sorry we're guys, on jay on lost page my... five mm-hmm. i'm on page wow. five my, i was like on, i was on eight i don't know what happened there uh, Jacinda's car breaks down as they try to leave town, and Lucy tells her it's because the curse doesn't want them to leave. At the palace, Cinderella tries to have her revenge, but uh, can't bring herself to kill the prince. Her stepmother arrives and does so herself, alerting the guards. Cinderella, uh, alerting the guards that Cinderella herself has killed the prince. Henry tells Cinderella to escape and meet him where they first met. He will hold off the guards. She grabs a sword as well and shows that she can hold her own. Um, like I said before, I mean, Cinderella is a BA. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Badass. Yeah, I think we say that. Yep. Uh, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have now. And whatever. Yeah. Hey, they said worse on, the, on, last, on this week's episode of Once Upon a Time. Right. Um, I, Jesus. Like I said, there were quite a few moments where it was like, this is not your daddy's Once Upon a Time. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've seen her kick butt and yield a sword was awesome. Yes, yes, that was definitely, and that that's kind of why I stopped here is because I felt like that 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 scene itself definitely, uh, you know, deserved a moment of its own to breathe. I mean, that was definitely, uh, like I said, I mean, just like his grandmother, you know, just like Snow, uh, you know, uh, she may be a fairy character, but she's no damsel in distress. Same as Alice. <laughs> like, same as Alice, too. They have that all in common, which I really mm-hmm. like that twist, mm-hmm. that there all doesn't seem like to be, you know, waiting for the guy in their lives to come and save them like that. Mm-hmm. And then there was the moment when Henry told her to, uh, to, you know, go to where we first met. Wasn't that something that Charming and Snow also did? Mm-hmm. Hey, he had to get it from somewhere. No, I know, but I'm just saying there's those parallels like we said before. He's, this is basically he's getting, this. His, he's getting his charming lines from his grandfather. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh. And then 
<laughs> he said, and after his his uh, grandfather, that's all. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yes. Um, and then Monica, um, hmm. town line connection. I'm sorry. I was miss. I was reading the, the notes here at the end. I was trying to see if you had anything to add. Oh yeah. I just wanted to know where, where did she learn to fight? Uh, Cause stepmom sure as heck wasn't going to teach her. So mm-hmm. I, I guess it had to have been her dad or maybe someone. Who uh, yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot we really don't know. Like, okay. So apparently this prince killed her dad. How long ago was that? Um, uh, you know, like you just said, you know, in, in the interim, uh, was she just locked up in her house? Was she off doing chores for, you know, uh, I'm just going to call her Victoria because we don't know what her name is in the past. Uh, I thought it was Lady Tremaine in the past. Yeah. Was it Lady Tremaine? I don't think they okay. said it in the show. But that's mm-hmm. just what Cinderella's stepmother's name is Lady Tremaine. Right. But yeah, because like I, when I watched it two or three times, I kept trying to watch for like her name in the past and I couldn't find it. I anymore. read it in an article. Yeah. Okay. But, but you're right. That is Cinderella's stepmother's name. I just, like I said, in the show itself, I tried to catch it like a few times and it never really actually said it. Yeah. But it's sure, I'm sure they'll say it in the, and then I'm sure if I actually wa- uh, read the credits, they probably said it in there as well. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, so moving on. Uh, as Henry talks with Rogers about getting his car back, uh, Bel- Belfry arrives and tells him to drop everything to find Lucy. Jacinda and Lucy attempt to leave on a ferry, but Cinda's stepsister shows up to bring them back. Apparently, Henry told them about the island fantasy. Uh, Officer Rogers is given Lucy's storybook, or storybook to dispose of, but looks at it and finds something he seems to recognize. Um, so they were planning on, on escaping to an island across the lake. Sounds inhabitable. I mean, Mm -hmm. inhabitable. I I mean, it sounds like they could live there, but I just don't know that, like, I I don't quite understand how they thought they were going to be able to, to escape, you know, you know, when when you run away from something, you usually run away. You don't run, you don't run to that Mm -hmm. lighthouse you see across the bay. Right. As if, as if they can't, they can't get some type of transportation to go. To yeah, get to you. I eat this ferry that you're about to ride over there. Right. <laughs> it was just, yeah, I, I was like, okay. Jacinda obviously funny. has not thought any of this through. At this point, yeah. you're being as naive as you think your daughter is. Pretty much. <laughs> it just seems. And then you uh, apparently you were screaming something at the TV as as you saw Hook looking at the book there, huh, Tony? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, within within them trying to leave, I just thought that I liked how the creators had incorporated into the show about the about the town's limits. As you saw mm-hmm. that her her car broke down, I'm like, oh, leaving town, girls, don't you? Like, you guys don't know this, but you know, I, I just love how they incorporated that and kind of, you know, it's comforting to know that they still had that element, which which is what I thought was cool about that. Um, but about Hook, um, I really had hope that you know when he has saw the book and when he was going through, you notice how he stopped a couple times. I was really hoping that he would have woken up and just said, Emma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were Please. definitely a few moments there where it definitely seemed like he was screaming that inside at the very least. Yeah. Or, or something. What was, there was a gut reaction on his face. No, oh, yeah. There's yeah, definitely he's something going on there. He's like, maybe like his face goes up. It's like, it was perfect. Like imaging right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, it, it looked like he recognized someone from his face, like what you just said. Mm-hmm. Much. Yeah, it's almost as if he, as soon as he saw the book, he just seemed, uh, you know, even though the book doesn't look anything like the old book, um, you know. And apparently it ends a lot later than the other book did because it ends when Cinderella meets, runs into Henry or run, mm-hmm. Henry runs into Cinderella mm-hmm. rather. That's not the beginning of this, of this new book. That's the end of the old book. This is true. I, I found that a little weird, but anyway, um, as Henry's car is returned, Jacinda returns to give him a piece of her mind. As we flash back to the forest, Henry arrives at the carriage crash site to find no Cinderella. A timer goes off on his phone and a portal opens. Just then he notices a, gla- a uh, glass slipper. He lets the portal close and chooses to find Cinderella. And in Seattle, Belfry has recognized the good work of Officer Rogers and has promoted him to detective. He's introduced to his new partner, Detective Weaver. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <laughs> so as soon as I saw Henry pick up the glass slipper, I was like, oh, Henry's our Prince Charming, even though we knew that already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, so a timer connected to a portal. Uh, so this is like fairy tale sliders at this point. Uh, I didn't what quite What does that even understand. mean, fairy tale sliders? Oh. There was a, okay. Boy, I am doing a lot of that this episode. Am I, aren't I, Monica? Okay. <laughs> Sliders was a, a TV show in the 90s uh, starring Jerry O'Connell and Jonathan Rice davies It was about a kid who, uh, smart, uh, like a scientist kid who created a portal that, uh, like this device where he could open up portals to alternate worlds. And then he got stuck on the other side of the portal and then... So then he was like, he was able to fix the remote, but then they could only slide to like, they couldn't control where they slid to. So they had to keep sliding through all of the alternate dimensions in, until they found their earth where they came from. That sounds really cool. <laughs> oh, it was, yes. It, it was and for at least they two. they did s- get home, except the, the whole thing was every time they, they slid someplace, they would go back to Jerry O'Connell's character's house and the, um, the back gate is at his mom's place creaked and it squeaked. Yeah, the, like one day it didn't creak, and then that what like made him Not realize that, that he wasn't. Yeah, I know that's why I was trying to finish mm-hmm. her story. Uh, one day it didn't creak when he went in. You know, one of the earths, everything. Was- Oh. He was back. Okay. The Braves have won the super, uh, the uh, the World Series. <laughs> and <laughs> on for murder, and dear God, this dates it. But yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, but yeah, so, no. so yeah, it was a it was a '90s show. It was there was like four seasons of it. It's on Netflix, probably if you ever want to check it out. But yeah, anyway, that's what I said. You know, that's why. Like, okay, first of all, it's just like the motorcycle. How is his cell phone still working? Um, yep. <laughs> why is this portal like scheduled to open up at 12 a.m.? Uh, just everything about it, just like, like you none know of that 12 made... Right? Who told you? Because that's what it said on the phone. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, but still, that doesn't explain saying you know before he left Storybrook, like, hey Henry, FYI, your portal opens about. Mm, well, I guess this okay. This was years later. This was years later after he left Storybrooke. So obviously, somewhere along the way, I don't know. He found some way to find where portals open and close in different places. I yeah, I don't, I don't know. But but again, none of this was actually explained. All that it was just a timer went off in his pocket and a portal opened. 
That was weird. Um, but then, and moving on, as far as uh, Weaver and uh, Rogers are concerned, I got a very either Training Day or True Detective vibe from that. Like this Again, is going to be like good. I don't know, but okay. Now these are like more. You know, I've I, heard of Training I, Day, but I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you for the '90s references I'm making, Elizabeth. But now I'm making 2000 reference, you know, 2000s references. <laughs> no, True Detective was a show on HBO with Matthew McConaughey and Again, HBO. What did I tell you? Okay, it was still like a you know a thing. Like you know what True Blood is, right? Yeah, I've heard of it. Same. Well, okay, well, the yeah, I figured, show. Yeah, yeah, well, this was a procedural show on HBO. But, and, and Training Day is a show, a movie with, uh, Denzel. Ethan Hawk and Denzel Washington. And basically a good cop, bad cop, you know, a good cop rookie gets thrown into, uh, you know, partnership with like a, a hardened detective who shows him the ropes. That's why I said I got that vibe from Hook and Rumble. I just think it's hilarious how after all these years of them hating each other, they're going to work together. Yeah, and they have no idea. Although, of course, know, everyone is very ominous as to whether Rumple actually does have any clue as to what's going on or not, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I do. I It's definitely going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Definitely. Yeah. Um, We've known, like, all summer that we're going to be working together. It was actually only on my second watch through that I was like, wait, oh my god. Wait, what do you mean we knew all summer? I don't remember knowing that. What yeah, I hadn't heard that either. Would be on the force. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't heard that. I didn't realize. Because they were keeping Rumpel's character under wraps. Yeah. We knew about I Hook, didn't. but we didn't know about Rumpel. I didn't. Well, I, I, I saw that somewhere. I mean, that the Rumpel was going to be a detective. Oh. I hadn't read that anywhere. Oh. I'm not, I mean, well, obviously you had. I'm not saying you hadn't. I'm just saying that I don't think that it was common knowledge. Oh, okay. I think, I think okay. Monica's from the future, you guys. That's <laughs> Tell us what you know, Monica. Tell us what right. you know. I know nothing. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure you know nothing? I love how you put into the note just how woke is gold. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I can't know. believe he doesn't know anything. He's gold. I know, but the, but, but the way... But the way you put that, I don't know if I would consider Rumple or Gold woke. Point. How about you, Tony? Yes. Do you think Rumple's woke? Yeah, uh, uh, man, he is so woke. It's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> so woke. He is woke AF. Yes. <laughs> Wait, anyway. woke AF, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> I call it. And moving on. <laughs> Belfry. <laughs> Is that Ronnie's having her bar signed over to her. When Ronnie changes her mind, she tells her that Jacinda's courage has helped her. As as she delivers her hope speech, we are treated to a montage of our main characters. Jacinda regretfully, uh, just sorry, tripping over my words here. <laughs> Jacinda regretfully asks for her job back. Henry arrives to put flowers all your face in Lucy's book. Jacinda finds a coin while sweeping and decides to listen to her daughter and hope on a wish. Let me see. Do I have? Okay. Across town, Henry is inspired to finally add some words to a blank canvas, and Ronnie rips up the papers and takes a shot, thus closing out our episode. So, um, and here we go again. I keep moving up and down on this thing. Uh, I mean, the the hope speech, um, I mean, it seems to be like, you know, something that 
every savior has to deliver. Even I guess Ronnie or Snow wasn't necessarily a savior. She was usually the one who was giving the hope speech before. Um, but anyway, um, Henry's opening poetic line was "Once upon a time." Really, not very, po- not um, very poetic, in my opinion. Yeah, all great stories start. And beyond that, he just went home and started writing. He didn't like start freaking out that like his family's grave was gone. He didn't like run to the local precinct and be like, "Where the hell is it? Or where's the uh, grave site? Where's the graveyard that was there? Why is this? Why I know it was there. Well, he's not like wrapped up in a straitjacket because he thought, he thought his family was dead. But now, I mean, no, he's just wanting. You know, it's like, oh, I guess I was wrong. And then he just goes home and start and writes once upon a time. What? I'm I'm telling you, man. I mean, shoot. Deleted scenes, they will tell us everything. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I, like, but there was just like there wasn't even like a look of like like surprise and like nothing. He just went home and just like typed in what he was typing. There it was, was no like you know, like it wasn't even like he went in the got in the door and like closed the door behind him and was white as a ghost because he realized that his great you know, like nothing of that happened. Nothing. Yeah, just a little confused look and oh well. Yeah, guess I was wrong. <laughs> well, you know really. this show. Or maybe anyway, that's what snapped um, him out of it. Maybe. But but no, I mean, what, what I felt like what obviously what snapped him out of it, because like he was sitting there at the computer, and like, it, I don't know, maybe this was just the actor, but he like he definitely did, like I said, he definitely didn't look have any kind of look that you would think you would see on someone who just realized that they had lost, didn't just lose their, whatever, I don't even know how to explain it. But, um... Then when Jacinda throws the coin in the fountain, then all of a sudden you see his his look change, and that's when he starts writing on the computer. Um, maybe, maybe it was yeah. small. Maybe his he got a little bit woken up just to weave it. Um, mm, so cold. so like I said, uh, this where this wishing well is is this garden that doesn't grow anymore. And then uh, Lucy throws those seeds out that we mentioned earlier. It's the same flowers that Lucy broke her fall on, in, or uh, Cinderella broke her fall on in the magical forest, uh, Hyacinths. Um, it's the same flowers that uh, um, Henry is bringing to his family's grave when he realizes that the grave is no longer there. And uh, then I believe when she, when Jacinda finally throws the coin in, we see the hyacinths start to grow. Um, I believe that this represents the same thing that the clock tower represented mm. from the first from, from the first book. Uh, you know, the the clock tower no longer moved, hasn't moved in ages. Now all of a sudden, this person comes to town and the clock starts moving. Hmm. You know, just like you know, just like I said in that, and here you you have the the garden starting to bloom again. Okay, mm-hmm. sounds nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is what I had to add about this last scene. And then, of course, uh, you know, like I like we already mentioned earlier, you had Rogers with that weird look of of uh, you know recognizing someone, familiarity on his face when he saw it. And I mean, the, the, they straight up showed Emma's face in the book at that point. And I believe we've already been told that Emma's episode will be next episode. Is that correct? Or yep. No? Mm-hmm. A pirate yeah. story. Is that? A pirate's life or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, <laughs> Tony, you have something to add? Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm just hoping they don't kill her. <laughs> <laughs> I, doubt, I, I, doubt, I doubt it. I doubt it. Who knows? They may, they may tease us with a small little bump on her stomach. That's what I was. Uh, that's the next thing. That, uh, honestly, that that was the only other thing that was in my head. 
is that the only maybe she didn't come because she's pregnant and that's why she sent Hook. Mm-hmm. Definitely because she didn't want you know she's home pregnant. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, I, I guess my small little point to end to end this little conversation. Um, I thought I, I thought it was kind of funny that Ronnie. I mean, no, I'm sorry. I thought it was kind of funny that Regina. Sorry, Ronnie was doing a you know a bit of a hope speech. You know? <laughs> I, I had to get my joke right. You know, I thought I thought like I thought it was. Regina at the moment, but I was like, oh, wait a minute. No, it, it's running, doing a whole speech, you know? No, I hear you. But, but you know, I, I, I'm thinking that this, this season is, um, is going to, is going to, you know, do, do a lot more than, than we expect. We just got to be patient, you know? What I, the one storyline, the, the small thing, <laughs> the one small thing I noticed about Regina that I liked at the end there was when, uh, Belfry said, uh, you'll regret this. And Ronnie said, regret's not my thing. And I feel like that's totally the opposite of, you know, like before regret was always her thing. Mm -hmm. That was like what led her down every wrong path that she ever made was regret. Exactly. And so, you know, it was cool to finally see her kind of more, you know, uh, the weight of the world offers. Kind of cool. Um, And I felt like that was a, a, you know, um, a result of being redeemed, even though she is cursed and has no clue who she is. (laughs) Definitely. Um. All right. And what's Mr. F. Clux? What's uh? What were you saying there, Monica? Oh, um, just what I would rather call him. I just that scene. Oh, 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 oh! Wow. Okay, and sorry. I just I don't have words for that. I just I hate that she. I hate that she needed to do that. I kind of hate that she did it, but I get why. Do. Um, and then just. Ronnie's speech. Oh my, that's mm-hmm. that's one for the books. I, I'm going to pull a Bobby, you guys, and um, for <laughs> me, that happened there with um, back in season five of Buffy. She uh, oh, makes a Lord. speech to the Watchers Council because they're being a, a a bunch of yahoos, and she tells them off, and it's awesome. And mm-hmm. yeah. Ronnie's speech was on par with that. (laughs) Again, we need to get that bell because I'm surprised that I, I didn't even have to do it this episode, guys. I didn't even have to do it this episode. Boy, and, so I, uh, I, I, I missed it. What's the bill for each time you refer Buffy. to Buffy? <laughs> every time Buffy's, yeah, every time Buffy's mentioned, yeah. Because mm-hmm. usually it's the me. It's usually it's me making a reference, but this time Monica I didn't even. Monica is a mini Bobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the making. In the making. <laughs> All right. So, um, I guess you know I, neither of us really wrote anything about this next uh, point, but like. With this, you know, end of the episode, a lot to cover in this episode. There was a lot going on. They were back and forth, a lot of exposition going on. But uh, so overall, though, how do we feel about the retool, um, Elizabeth? Um, I want to give it like I'm a eight out of ten kind of thing, just because. Well, we're, we're was, not doing arbitrary scale thing. Or I'm anything. not giving. I'm not doing arbitrary scale. I'm not doing arbitrary scale. I'm just saying for myself. How I okay. felt about right. it. Yeah. I'll, you know, and, I guess we'll be able to break it, it down. Was, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. So, okay. <laughs> um, no, I, it was like like some of my family members and my friends thought we were all thinking it was weird because it's a bunch of new characters. We're having to get used to a new setup, even though it's a lot of the same Two. setup, but it's different. 
So, mm-hmm. um, you know, my friend Katrina was like wondering what's going to happen with Emma. And we're talking about, you know, this episode and we're just like, okay, it's weird, but it's, it's good. And I don't know, there's so many unanswered questions and everything. It's like, it's hard to wrap your mind around it. But um, overall, I did enjoy it. I, yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the season progresses. Okay. And uh, Tony, how about you? Um. Yeah. Same. Same. Um. Same thing. You know. Same. Same bold. I'm. I'm. I'm very anxious to see what what the season is going to bring us, and I really hope that it's a good. You know, a good. A good feeling. I'm. I'm very anxious about it. So, bring it on, season seven. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to mention also. Sorry. Um, no, go ahead. I'm really looking forward to see Henry falling in love. I am looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. There, I, I feel like their chemistry wasn't 100% there tonight, and I'm hoping it'll evolve over what we're watching. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. Monica, did you have anything to add as far as the retool goes? Um, it, just because it's a story we've heard before doesn't mean it's not a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm, what I'm is it? They say to... that there's only seven stories anyway, something like that? Yeah. That they're just... Something like that. So... Yeah, I mean that seems to be the the uh, uh, vogue of the day is like taking old stories and make, doing them the same but repurposing them a little bit. You had that go on with uh, Star Wars where they more or less just made the first movie over again with new characters and uh, um, you know I mean I mean that's I guess the most famous current uh, example that I can think of obviously, but. Um, which I guess is no surprise being how big uh, fans Edward, uh, you know, uh, Kitsis and Horowitz are of, uh, of um, Star Wars. There's been so many different references they've made to that in the show over time. Um, that being said, I, I mean, like Monica said, I do feel like there's room to grow. Um, there's definitely a lot of questions unanswered. Um, I do feel like they could have done a better job of not making it so... Uh, I don't know if aggravating is the right word, but that, um, that, you know, there's a way to leave it. So unsatisfying, you know, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, because I mean, some of the things like we've said during the, during the course of our breakdown, like some of the things like just felt like they just didn't make sense at all. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. but, and maybe in hindsight, after watching, you know, the first half season, we'll go back and realize, you know, I, I've had plenty of shows do that, you know, uh, I've had plenty of shows make an episode better in hindsight after watching a season or a half a season and putting that episode into the context that it should be in. Um, but regardless, I definitely will uh, am uh, anticipating what's going to be happening. Um, you know, and I, you know, I just want to know the answers to all the questions and hope that this makes sense. Definitely. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I mean, like we said earlier before, where did this curse come from? I really don't think that uh, um, Tremaine, I was trying to think of her name, sorry. I don't think that she actually had anything to do with the curse itself. If anything, I think that maybe she might have, like, come across the curse or, um, you know, like, maybe she used it to her advantage, but I don't think that she was actually the one that either A, caused the curse or cast the curse, or I don't even think she's the person who, uh, like, called for the curse to be cast, because I think that's going to be too easy, and I think that's what they want us all to think to begin with. Oh, yeah. I agree. But, you know, I mean, who, but who did? And maybe it was her stepdaughter. 
maybe, maybe, maybe it was that fairy's sister. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Spoiler um, alert! <laughs> Spoiler alert! Black fairy is not dead. <laughs> um, and I, but I. Another thing is, like, I I still want to understand how they're going to justify only bringing the three to four characters back, you know, Rumpel, uh, Regina, and Hook. And I still feel, and I hope that they address it, that it's it's cool that all that it's only the villains, or the only only the redeemed villains, I guess, that um that do return to help Henry. And maybe Rumpel isn't helping Henry or Rumpel is helping Henry just how Rumpel always has been where he's helping Henry, but just not in the way everyone else wants him to help. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, Then of course what's Alice's deal. And uh, of course, as always, what's Rumpel's deal. I mean, um, you know, that'll probably play out over most of the season, to be honest with you. In the end, we'll realize that, you know, He's doing all of this for the good of Henry or whatever, but mm, lots of questions, lots of questions. Can't wait to hear the answers. Um, but as far as that goes, I guess that we just leaves the arbitrary scale. Uh, I've got the item here, but I don't have numbers. So I'll say out of 87 clipped fairy wings because Tremaine's been busy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> out of 87 <laughs> clipped fairy wings, uh, it's Elizabeth. Dark. What- That's a mean <laughs> one. Uh, look, I okay. inherited the show from Bill. You know how he goes. You should have heard <laughs> some of the ratings he had on Gotham, okay? So, okay. <laughs> 87 clip fairy wings. Elizabeth, what do you give this episode? 65. 65. Wow. Okay. Uh, like a uh, yeah, roughly. So, and uh, so, so basically, you. you liked the episode but definitely felt it could have done better yeah i mean it just yeah it could have done better it was a little here and there and so many i mean it's a it's the first episode of the season so of course there's gonna be more questions than answers but mm-hmm. overall i did en- enjoy it i really did and like i said i feel like 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 i said i don't know if aggravating the word is the word maybe it's it's that you know it's it's just that like er, all these unanswered questions <laughs> Frustrating. Uh, yeah, there we go. Frustrating. There we go. Monica, what do you give this episode out of 87? 61. 61 clipped fairy wings. Yeah, okay. And um, I liked it. I liked the story. There were holes in the execution, mm-hmm. um, but just ticked me off. But I, I liked the story itself. So. And the holes is what are you are you're saying is what ticked you off the yeah. the the more or less the moments we we pointed out in the breakdown of like how could this happen at this point in time and all those other things yeah and, and things like Henry's champagne flute he picks it up he takes a sip and then poof it's gone mm-hmm. or when Lucy first confronts him and she has the book and she picked it up a good two or three times never saw her set it down and the camera never mm-hmm. left her. Um, Another thing I failed to mention that isn't necessarily a plot hole or anything like that, but they were afternoon drink, you know, day drinking, whatever. It doesn't matter. Don't judge. But he was about to go drive his car after that. Like, he, he like there was no one. They sat there. The whole, it, uh, he had more than one. I don't know. <laughs> There was even a, a moment during their exchange where he looked a little like, I don't know if he was supposed to be, but he looked like he had, they had been drinking for a minute and they, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I, I just like for the second viewing, I was like, wait a second. He's about to get in his car and he just left the bar after drinking. Bad uh, boy, what you gonna, what you gonna do? <laughs> 
Maybe Sorry. that's why his car was stolen. <laughs> Rumpel is looking out for him. Yep. Uh, yep. Tony, what do you give this episode? 59 clip story wings. Yeah, I thought he would too, to be honest with you, the way he was talking about it in message earlier. Uh, so your reason for giving it 59? Um, well, same as everybody else's, you know, this is the first episode and, mm-hmm. and there are still some questions that need to be answered, you know, a lot of questions more than answers. And of course, we're not going to get all of that in the very first episode, which to be fair, it's cool. It's cool. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's still, a, there's still a lot to, to be covered and I'm very excited and anxious to, to dive into the story. But also I know the pilots should have. I believe, in our, and in my opinion, should have given us the same magical flair that the original pilot did. I agree. I agree. It definitely, it definitely was not on par. Um, I don't know if it hurt it that you know that we were trying to compare it to that, and I wouldn't necessarily say trying to, but you can't help but compare that. You know, I mean, that's what it came from. Um, that being said, I mean everything that you guys. You know, brought up a lot of valid points, probably the same that I would bring up, you know, the, the plot holes, the um, uh, the frustrating lack of any kind of clarity as to what's going on, even though I guess that's supposed to be, you know, that's why you're supposed to come back is to find out why it's going on. Um, the actor portrayals, I don't know. I thought they did a good job with Andrew West. I thought he did a pretty good job of, of playing a grown-up Henry. Um, the way they made up Henry in the beginning of this episode, then transitioning over to Andrew West, I thought that there was enough similarity there that made it believable. Um, that it, it, but it was still hard to, you know, that's not Henry, you know, mm-hmm. like as far as, as much as they wanted to convey to us that this is the Henry that we've been watching for the past six years, it just isn't. Um, you know, and, and then our other main characters, I mean, you know, with the exception of maybe Ronnie, you didn't see them much at all. Um, but that's not to say, you know, once you, like you guys just said, this is the first episode. Um, so I'm ho- hoping that context makes it a little higher, you know, in hindsight. Uh, I guess I'm really going to probably have to give this episode somewhere in the range of, I'll say, a 63 out of 80. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't terrible. You know, it definitely has me intrigued and I want to watch more, but uh, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't hoping for more. Definitely. I feel you. I feel you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, man, I'm choking up over here. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, boys. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth, do you want to tell us the ratings for this week? Uh, or, hold on a second. Let me see. Yeah, because I have, I have to do the, um, the right. listener feedback. I, I can oh. do the... Um, All right. You guys yeah. uh, pause for a second. Or, or, uh, let me see. It's on here, right? Let's see if Bill and Ann can help us with the news segment. <laughs> nope. Don't Didn't tell happen. she lost it again. No, my, my phone was um, down because I didn't want the phone to ring or anything. La 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 la. Hey. <laughs> I'm passing the time. <laughs> you hear that one or no? Not really. No, nope. probably not. Yeah, Almost. there's something wrong going. Something going on with my my uh There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> 
I'll get that edited down better and uh, we'll try to make that run a little smoother next time. <laughs> uh, so the news and uh, for this week, there wasn't really a whole lot of news, but for the ratings, ABC's Once Upon a Time did uh, christen its new Friday time slot with a 3.3 million total viewers and a 0.7 demo rating. Down in the demo from both its May finale, which is 3 million and 0.9, and it's season six average of 3.2.9, which, of course, aired on Sundays where the average viewing levels are significantly higher than Fridays. Um, so I don't know exactly what the uh, 0.7 that we saw this week uh, compares to, like, say, a similar show in its time slot, you know, in any other given week. Um, but we do know that Fridays, as they say in this article, uh, are usually uh, lighter ratings than most nights anyway so uh fortunately even though the ratings do bar for uh bear a uh tier he's low for the premieres as far as premieres go um the uh the good news i guess if if you're trying to look for any is that this is friday so you don't necessarily have to have larger ratings to necessarily to succeed on friday this is true because they're just looking for, you know, form as well on Fridays to beat out other competition. So, mm, well, like I said, yeah. I haven't really seen what, what it did as far as the night compared to other shows and just in general, you know, even though the point seven is us is very low for the series in, in general, you know, we can't really compare that to previous episodes of the show itself because that's on a totally different night time yeah. or at least night anyway. True. True. Uh, anyway, um, so we got listener feedback. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, no uh, voicemails or anything like that, but we do have, uh, I believe, some Facebook messages from yes. uh, Elizabeth. We have, so, Elizabeth, we have we have two listener feedbacks from Facebook. Uh, so the first one comes from Bud Vander K. And he writes to us, "Hey guys, I'm excited. I felt that the show is off to a great start." The issue that I have is that they seem to reuse the original storyline. However, the changes were enough to make it seem like a different storyline. I loved how the original characters made it fun for the longtime fans, but I'm very curious how they're going to handle the Killian-Emma situation. I'm worried for two reasons. One, I'm worried that they are going to take the Emma-died route. I'm also uh, worried because I don't want the emotional trauma from watching Killian suffer. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, I I feel like um So that's the first I feel like back. they're not gonna kill Emma. I really do. I feel like it's probably gonna be like Tony and I said earlier, that it'll probably be that uh Emma, you know, has a little baby bump going on and decides she can't go on the adventure because she doesn't want to you know, harm her baby. Um, mm-hmm. So that'll be, you know, that'll, that gives them an out with Emma that gives them, you know, everything. She's, she's not dead. Uh, a happier ending for her and hook because now they have a baby on the way, you know, yeah, I, that's what I think will probably happen. That would be a dream come true. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Our second uh, feedback is from Rachel Nash. She writes, I was disappointed. The actor playing Henry was good, as were Rumple, Hook, and Regina. The flirting between Cinderella and Henry, to me, was unbelievable, and I just didn't like Jacinda. The show was basically one huge cliche after another. 
I went in intending to love it, and I just couldn't. I'll give it a few mm. weeks. Hopefully, they will get over this rough patch. Thank you. Sorry for the haterade. Oh, no. No problem with the haterade at all. I think we actually probably spilled quite a few, quite a uh, bit ourselves during this episode. Um, I think a gallon. But... <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I mean, it's. You know, I, I'm just hoping that in context that you know, uh, you know, we look back on this episode and once we get some of the answers and realize it's not as bad. I don't know. I'm not going to say not as bad because I'm not going to say it was a bad episode. There definitely have been worse episodes of Once Upon a Time. Um, but I don't know. It just wasn't satisfying. I guess. Hmm. But I mean, unfortunately, that is all the feedback we have this week, and we want to hear your feedback as well. Uh, this this uh, this podcast used to be so active, and we're trying to we're trying to get that activity back. Uh, um, you know, it's great to hear from Bud. It's great to hear from Rachel. It's great to hear from anyone when they chime in. But we want you to get the word back out. You know, we uh, over time here recently, we've heard how many times Elizabeth have we heard on Facebook and or Twitter. Oh, this is back on. I thought you guys had canceled the podcast. Many times. Yeah, there's times. there's so many. You know, when Bill and Amory uh, quit the podcast, there was no real smooth transition as to how this happened. They quit a season, and then we came in like an episode or two or three, even into the next season. There was no real big announcement. A lot of people just didn't listen because they didn't even realize we were here. Well, guess what, guys? We're here, and we want to hear from you. So just like Bud, just like Rachel, send us voicemail, send us Twitter, Instagram. And uh, in order to get that going, uh, we're going to start a giveaway um, for the month of October. Um, being that this is uh, kind of a retooled podcast, retooled show, um, you know, nothing big, but um, just some small Small things to show our appreciation to the uh, viewers and the listeners of Greetings from Storybrooke. So uh, starting today, uh, you know, Rachel, Bud, uh, you'll obviously be uh, um, put into the drawing. Uh, but starting today, uh, we want you to share the podcast any and every way you can on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, uh, wherever, your own blogs even, wherever, just share it. Uh, uh, hashtag it GFS new book. That's GFS for greetings for storybook or greetings from storybook and new book GFS new book. And um, just like I said, share your love of the podcast. Let people, you know, about the, let people, you know, know about the podcast um, review us on iTunes or wherever, wherever else you can review podcasts Um you know, take pictures, share them on Instagram, share your love of Once Upon a Time and of Greetings for Storybrooke, and let us feel that love. <laughs> Is there anything else you guys wanted to add? We want to feel the love. Yeah. We want and, all um, the hugs I, and kisses you have to offer. I, I know um, I have a few extra a, a few extra Funkos here. So I know um, one of the prizes I'm going to be throwing in is a uh, is a Funko of uh, Rumpelstiltskin. And uh, I hadn't discussed this with the three of you guys, but I was thinking we'd probably go ahead and get uh, – I know, Elizabeth, you were thinking about Regina and or Hook for uh, another Funko. So maybe we also get Regina, and that represents the three characters that are returning from the old show. So I was thinking and of then, Hook. But... Oh, you did say Hook. Well, we'll get Regina as well. So we'll, so those those are just some of the prizes we're thinking about. We're going to have about about four to five prizes. And uh, October 29th, we'll, on noon, October 29th, we'll be – 
um, noon drawing anyone, noon Eastern time. Thank you, Monica. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll be making a drawing. Uh, everyone who, uh, tweets or, uh, shares, like I said, shares their love of the podcast on social media with the hashtag GFS new book will be entered into the drawing and, uh, and on uh, the, sorry, I'm getting long winded here <laughs> on noon, October 29th, we will, uh, have the drawing, and on that, I believe that's what we picked that day because it's the day of an episode. So on that episode, we will be announcing the winners of the drawing. So And also, you can submit feedback. Yeah, Anyone? yes. That, that, that's the most important thing is submit feedback. Uh, that's, uh, like I said, greetingsfromstorybrook at gmail.com. That's uh, Twitter is uh, at GFS or uh, at GF Storybrook rather. Uh, um, mm, sorry. Um, did I, okay, so I said email, and then Facebook, of course, is Facebook uh, slash Greetings from Storybrook. Um, you know, most of you who listen are also Facebook uh, part of the group. So uh, share feedback on that group. Share feedback on Twitter. Share feedback on you know. Take pictures of what you're doing while you're listening to the podcast, and and hashtag GFS New Book. Let your friends know about this podcast. Maybe there's you you know, have friends who watch the show who, who don't listen. Uh, you know, just do anything, everything you can. Let them know that we're still here, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you'll be entered into the drawing, and you could you win yourself one of these cool little Funkos, maybe a book, you know, a uh, cool a bunch of cool little uh, Once Upon a Time swag. And if this is successful, who knows? Maybe you know, uh, you know, we could do something similar in the future. You know, where we're just trying. Not only are we trying to Get the feedback back. We love the interactivity of, of our of our fans, our listeners. But we're also just trying to show our appreciation of the people who tune in every week to hear us ramble. Yes. <laughs> we'll really appreciate it. Yes, yeah. Um, so that being said, I I think that's going to do it for this week, guys. I, it's almost a two-hour episode, at least an hour and a half here. I mean, although there was a lot to break down, real exposition heavy, uh, obviously this was, I mean, this was almost like a new pilot yeah. mm-hmm. for, for all intents and purposes. I mean, um, yeah, I'm, like I said, I mean, I, I, I'm not quite satisfied, but I'm still anxious to see where this is going. And I'm anxious for you guys to tune in every week. Let us know what you think. Email greetings from Storybrook at gmail.com, Twitter at gfstorybrook. The Facebook is facebook.com slash greetings from Storybrook, and the voicemail is 424-274-2352. That's 424-274-2352. So, uh, Elizabeth, until next week, where can we, uh, if anyone wants to find out <laughs> what you're up to, uh, maybe they want a lift ride. <laughs> <laughs> where, where can they hit you up at? Um, I am Elizabeth Placencia. You can find me on Facebook. You can also find me on Twitter, which I'm never on. Uh, I forget my Twitter name, so I'm not going to give it to you right now, but you know, Facebook always. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, Monica, how about you? Where, where, uh, where can people find you on Twitter and or Facebook? Um, I'm on Facebook, but, um, just hit me up through the, the, uh, greetings, um, group because just find you active in the greetings group. group. Yeah, um, or Twitter at Monica Sadai, S E D A I. Okay, Sadai. Yeah. Okay. Wheel of time. And to- oh, okay, okay. And Tony. Um. Okay. Hey guys, you can find me on uh at Hoops Nine Hundred. That's H O O P S Nine Hundred on the Twitters. 
I do actively mm-hmm. uh, tweet about the uh, show, uh, in fact, and um, and about other shows. So come with me on this tweeting journey. You won't regret it. <laughs> and of course, I'm Bobby Hawk. Uh, you can meet, uh, catch me on Twitter at Inevitable Hawk. H A W K E Inevitable Hawk. Uh, Bobby Hawk on Facebook. Uh, every week I am live tweeting from the, uh, at GF Storybrook Twitter account, uh, you know, tweeting along to the show. Uh, it was a little active this week, about two or three other listeners. Uh, you know, again, this is, uh, getting back and active. You know, a lot of people don't realize we're out there, but here we are, you know, hashtag us at GFS new book and let us know you're out there. So until next week, guys. But <laughs> it says to me unless my phone locks and I can't get back into the music. Okay, here we go. Until next week, guys. Greetings, Greetings from, from Storybrook. Story